Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now when you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can use promo code DNVR and new customers. You're going to get $200 in free bets instantly with a $5 bet on any college football team, win or lose. That's with promo code DNVR and only on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's show, we've got our guy, Drew Goodman, to talk to us a little bit about this Rangers series and John Gray's return to Colorado, what that's been like for him and and his conversations with John. We'll preview the upcoming Mets series that starts on Thursday, a four-game set in Flushing, Queens, and do that thing that we do where we reminisce on some old ball players. Hey, name name some players, right? We, uh, we definitely dig into that as the Mets have an interesting event going on Saturday, uh, an event that, of course, we here in Colorado should all be salivating for because, frankly, we, uh, we don't get our team acknowledged. We don't get the history of our franchise recognized as much as it should. Now, of course, I'm talking about an old-timers day for the Mets, the first time that they are doing that. Of course, cross-town rivals, New York Yankees have been doing that for decades upon decades. And yet here in Colorado, we still don't have a Hall of Fame. We were told there was going to be one. Still hasn't happened yet. We talked about it all last offseason, not even just myself, but everyone at Purple Row, everyone on Rock's Pile were crushing it. They, They have they just do such an amazing job over there. And yet here we are still with nothing, not even on the 15th anniversary of the 2007 Colorado Rockies. Yes. That team that went to the world series, no acknowledgement of that here in the 2022 season. We will get some kind of acknowledgement of 30 years of baseball in Colorado or 30th anniversary next year, 1993 to 2023. So we know that should be coming, at least in logo form, right? At least in an acknowledgement with a patch. Hopefully, we can get more than just that and, and see some of those original Rockies. Eric Young Sr. and, oh my gosh, Andres Galarraga. He's kind of been in hiding. No one no one really knows where he's at, unfortunately. So uh, bringing him back to the ballpark would be monumental. It would be really, really fantastic. One interesting note. So Saturday's game as I said, is an old-timers day game for the Mets. And uh, they're, they're going to have, just besides the players, they'll have some older folks there. And, and we talk about that with Goodman here in just a moment. But yesterday's pod, I had said, gosh, I, 
could it be the first matchup of two Colorado pitchers? Because Freeland's definitely gone. He'll be on the bump for the Rockies. And for the Mets, it might be David Peterson. And somewhere in the back of my head, I thought, I feel like this has happened recently. But Kevin Gaussman, as soon as he leaves the Giants, he just doesn't exist anymore. He's pitching really well in Toronto, uh, just under three ERA there in the AL East. Well, yeah, of course, Freeland, Gaussman, they pitched against each other last year. Uh, was at that game. So th- this is how the memories work. And that matchup was actually the ninth all-time of two Colorado natives. Still relatively rare, but nine, that's a decent amount. That's pretty neat. Uh, Freeland faced off against now his teammate, Ty Block, in 2017. And also faced off against Marco Gonzalez of Fort Collins, Last year as well. So uh, he, he did it twice there, uh, which was kind of really interesting. Ty Block and Gonzalez faced off against each other, and they uh, were both in the American League, or rather when Block was with the Baltimore Orioles in 2018. Here are those other games. You have Brian Mattis against Roy Halladay in 2009. Got to go back a decade before that. Roy Halladay versus Mike Oquist. That's a name I have not heard in a while. In May of 99, Blue Jays against Athletics. And the OG, the original, number one a decade even before that, 1989, Mark Knudsen doing it with the Milwaukee Brewers against Brian Holman of the Seattle Mariners. So that's pretty neat. It's it's still somewhat rare to have two Colorado pitchers start the game. And so I really hope that's the case on Saturday. I think that could be just another another wonderful wrinkle in Colorado's great baseball history. Another thing that needs to be acknowledged more. They, they do a decent job down at the National Ballpark Museum, which is super close to Coors Field. But the Rockies themselves, the organization, Dick Monford, doesn't really acknowledge the great baseball history here in our state of Colorado. And there's so much of it, so much more. I mean, every time that I bump into a guy like Matthew Replinger, who uh, wrote the book, Images of America, you know how uh, you could go to any place in the United States and there's a book with old pictures in it. Well, they they did a, a series with baseball and uh, he wrote that book on Denver and dude knows an, a lot. He knows a ton. Uh, and he, might be working on something else where he's going to dig into the history even more. And so whenever I talk to him, he throws stuff out just nonchalantly that even I'm like, I, I didn't know that. So there's so much wonderful, rich history here in the state of Colorado. And maybe on Saturday, uh, there's another new little wrinkle in that history. One thing that is also coming back next year, the World Baseball Classic, seems like each week, a new piece of news trickles out or a new player or coach gets added to the Team USA squad. And just a couple of days ago, the Team USA rounded out their coaching staff with Mark DeRosa as the head coach. This, to my knowledge, is uh, the first time Mark is is getting in there uh, as a head coach. D-Row, uh, really good candidate, very enthusiastic, you know, if you've ever seen him on MLB Network. Uh, I think that'll be a nice fit. His bench coach will be Jerry Manuel. Pitching coach, Andy Pettit, interesting. Hitting coach, even more interesting, Ken Griffey Jr. 2023 is lining up to be Griffey Jr.'s year. Or rather, you could even just say there's there's going to be a full calendar year from 
August of this year, where he goes out, has a game of catch with his father at the Field of Dreams game to the World Baseball Classic in March to then what you have to imagine is going to be uh, somewhat of an ambassadorship in Seattle for the All-Star game. Hope we see a whole bunch of those Mariners guys from the 90s, Edgar Martinez, Randy Johnson, Ichiro, I'm sure, is going to pop back in, Jay Buhner, all those guys. That should be really, really interesting. Bullpen coach will be Dave Rigetti, and then first base coach, Lou Collier, third base coach, Dino Ebel from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Players, there have been a lot that have already uh, accepted invitations. That's how that works. Cedric Mullins, the most recent one. And sure, that that's a name where, you know, last year was his all-star year for Mullins of the Orioles. This year, you know, he's been all right. But the other names that have already been announced have to get you really, really excited because they are not just all-stars or all-star caliber players, but they are perennial all-stars. And when when we get to the bullpen, when, when those names get added, and that will probably be the last thing because you want to make sure guys are healthy or they're in a good spot to contribute both for that two, three-week stretch of the World Baseball Classic, and then, oh, yeah, go out and play 162 games. Got to make sure that that happens and, and, and nothing gets messed up for, for any of those teams. But the superstar guys have already thrown their hats into the ring and it's going to be really exciting again. Haven't had it since 2017. The pandemic, of course, kind of threw off that timeline just a little bit, unfortunately. But we're going to have it back. And I, I think the inclusion of all these players I'm about to name on Team USA is really going to get people pumped up for it once again. I don't know how much it's actually taken off exactly. I, I think... You know, in your heads, if you imagine uh, a, a world tournament of this caliber, like it really would be a major buzz. But, you know, spring training is still going on, so people are still focused on their teams. It's still relatively new. You know, there are, I don't know, 80%, 85% of baseball fans were, you know, have lived, have lived a life and, and a baseball fandom without the World Baseball Classic. So really, we're talking, what, 15 20% of baseball fans have lived their, their life entirely with the World Baseball Classic there? I don't know if that how, how accurate that number would be, but bottom line is, for us, this is still a very much a new thing for most of you that are listening to this. But that generation, Generation uh, Z, <laughs> it's definitely past the millennials, uh, but the Zoomers, could be the Zoomers, they, they, they know nothing but a world that has the world baseball classic. So to them, they're the ones to kind of carry that torch uh, for generations and say, no, this is something that has been around since I was a kid. I love the concept. It's just always been a thing in my life. It's always been there. So again, not true if you're a little bit older, but still uh, I like what baseball is doing, trying to make it expand. I think a lot of the benefits of this is something that, you know, we'll, we'll never even be able to quantify because the, the most important part of the WBC isn't the B, isn't the C, it's the W, it's the world part, right? It's, it's the part that expanding across Europe to Eastern Europe and getting into other parts of the world to really try to get more people playing baseball and make it more of a world game because really it's a, it's a North American game or, or an America's game because we know uh, some countries down in South America Obviously, Venezuela being the biggest one, 
will come to America here and play. But outside of that, you know, uh, you, you, you've got your Japan, your South Korea. You know, there there's a lot to be uh, lacking there. And so baseball says, hey, you know what? There, we need to get more of the global market. And so that's what the World Baseball Classic is doing. And they've got themselves a really good product and a really good team so far in Team USA. Captain America, Mike Trout. How fitting is that? It's great to see him back on the field doing some big things uh, since he's missed so much of, of 2022 so far this year. But he'll be the captain. Bryce Harper is going to be there. Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt. Yes, two first basemen. Why not? One of them is going to DH. You can give him off days. That's fantastic to see that. JT Realmuto will be one of the catchers behind the plate. And then reuniting for the first time on the same team, Nolan Arenado and Trevor Story. How cool is that? They'll be back together for Team USA, trying to defend their crown. They won it all the last time. And that was that was so exciting. I, I really was beginning to think Team USA would never win. It would just be this weird curse on uh, Team USA and you know United States and and MLB developed this tournament and so many of the international teams they just have this chemistry from playing together for so long and this extra passion to represent their nation and despite the fact that on paper Team USA may always be a little bit better they just were going to come up short but no they they got it done and they kind of ended uh, this drought relatively quickly so we'll see if they can make it back to back here next March for the World Baseball Classic. We also hope to see you on Saturday at our Broncos tailgate. You can get tickets at dnvrlocker.com. Even if you're not a member, you could come hang out, have some mile-high sliders, play some cornhole. We got a DJ there. It's it's really a fantastic setup, and there's a lot of space to move around too. That's the other piece. The way they were able to hook this up, it's, uh, it's just a, such a massive turnout. And honestly, you don't even need to have tickets for the game. Even if you just want to go and hang out to, at an event, you could come out to this Broncos tailgate like legit. It's a great time. If you do want to be a member and get a discount, it's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com. You get to see all that great coverage of the Nuggets guys over in Serbia. They've got a couple more days left. And, hey, if you want to get caught up on what they've been up to, you can get all of that. And more. It's it's absolutely amazing. We know the abs are about to start up. Rockies are still doing their things. We know that Senzatella's injury. What does that mean for the future of the rotation? What does it mean for Randall Grichuk to have represented his hometown there in Richmond, Texas? Went to the Little League World Series twice. Yes, and is now playing in the major leagues. He talked to me about that. All of that, all that great content is available for you there at the dnvr.com. To our members only Discord. So many great perks. And once the bar is back open, yeah, you do get that member sized beer. Make sure you check out evaca.tv slash Colorado 10. You've got to watch Evaca TV. That's where you're going to get the documentary all about the Serbia trip. It's where you can watch Susie and I when we are live or uh, even after the fact on the DNVR Sports channel on YouTube. And, you know, probably most importantly, don't want to bury the lead. You do get Nuggets and Avalanche coverage. Yes, Altitude Sports is available on Evaca TV. So head over to Evaca, E-V-O-C-A, dot TV slash 
Colorado 10, zero hidden fees or contracts. It's just $25 per month plus the cost of the receiver. I lied. It's actually only going to be $15 for your first month because you're also going to use promo code Colorado 10. Yes, even more discounts. No contracts, no catches. Ivaca is TV made for champions of the remote champions of the hockey world, of course, is the Colorado Avalanche. That's why you need to make sure you get some of your hometown craft beer. Avalanche Ale, they gave away some wonderful tickets all throughout the Stanley Cup Finals. Make sure you give back to them as well because it's now officially the drink of 2022 Avalanche Ale. When you when you win it all, you've got to have the drink of the year now. It's not just seasonal. You've got to celebrate year-round. Pick it up anywhere that alcohol is sold. It's Breckenridge Breweries Avalanche Ale. Joining me today as he does each and every week, he's the voice of the Colorado Rockies for AT&T Sports. Now he's the host of the Drew Goodman Podcast. It's my good buddy, Drew Goodman. All right, Goody. Uh, thanks for taking some time with me down here at the ballpark, getting a chance to, to see what you do here rather than doing it on StreamYard in the studio, as it may be. Uh, it's cool. We'll have a little ambiance here as we watch Rangers, Rockies, and uh, think about our guy, John Gray, a little bit and, and watch him in the dugout. It was nice kind of catching up with him and, and seeing him at the ballpark on Tuesday. Yeah, John is such a good guy. And I know I don't want to throw that around. Most of the guys are good guys, but John... John has a, you know, an overall just sweetness to him. I mean, for lack of a better way of putting it, I mean, he's a grown man. And I know it's kind of a strange term to use with a grown man, but he's just, he just is a, you know, he has, uh, you know, kind of interesting uh, avocations, chasing ghosts and all that stuff that um, has been talked about in the past. But you could tell with his former teammates and, and former coaches and, and Buddy going up to him, giving him a big, you know, hug. Yeah, he, he was really well-liked, and, and I'm happy for him. I wish he wasn't hurt, um, but I'm happy for him that he's pitched well when he's been healthy this year. He really has. And I heard, uh, Patrick, I don't know if you heard this, that he's he's touched 98-99 in, uh, in several games. So his velocity is up. And they're happy with him, and he seems to be happy. And I know it's disappointing the way it ended. And if he was going to leave, it would have been nice if the Rockies got something for him, all of that. But just talking about him as an individual, I'm happy for him. He's, he's a good guy. There was, I think, a note in the Rangers uh, you know, notebook there about – him and Martin Perez, their their lone all star, when they pitched, they were like you know twenty six and, and fifteen something like that. So when they got their two guys on the hill, it gives them a much better chance to win. Uh, and and like you said, you know the the fastball has a little extra jump on it when he's been healthy. One of the other benefits he kind of discussed when and not having to deal with the altitude at Coors Field was just you know not having to tinker. You know you go on the road and you got to do things a little bit differently, and then you're back home, you got to do things differently. So for him. Every day ends up being the same, and you know there's obviously a lot of benefit for him uh, to have that kind of consistency. And so, it's strange to think, you know, here as he's you know in his 30s, his best days are ahead of him. But very well, you know, could be the case for a, a guy like him in this particular situation. I think anybody who's pitched at Coors Field 
knows what John was talking about, where you're always tinkering with release point from altitude on your breaking ball, where, uh, you know, whether it's a fastball, excuse me, whether it's a curveball or a slider, then you go out, you know, the Rockies are leaving today. They're going to New York. They're going to sea level, then Atlanta, then Cincinnati, and then they come back. You got to make another adjustment. And to be able to not have to make those, that's something we've talked about so many times for so many years on the air the challenge that the pitchers here have to embrace. And it's why we also know that pitchers aren't running as free agents to sign with the Rockies unless, you know, the Rockies are maybe the last team that's interested in them. I hate putting it that way, but you, Patrick, you know that's the reality. And John wasn't spelling it out to indict pitching at altitude. He was just spelling out the facts of pitching at altitude and what every pitcher, particularly a starter, has to adjust to from literally from start to start. Yeah, that's, you know, that's going goes all the way back to Mike Hampton, you know, Rockies having to overpay because even just a few years of Coors Field's history, people kind of already knew that the verdict was out on, on what it's like to pitch here. And, and it's such a challenge. So you might not want to set yourself up for, for that kind of daily challenge. The, the Rangers in general had a challenging season. There was, uh, I know they had a rough start. And then out of nowhere, at some point in May, they were, you know, gunning for the AL West. And they since come back down to earth. Uh, we talked about it last week, you know, the change uh, in manager and, and John Daniels uh, parting ways after, you know, about two decades worth. They've just been uh, kind of up and down. Were you expecting a little bit more out of them this year? And, and, and when do you think they are going to start contending? Because we've seen teams who, you know, fall on hard times. They stockpile a bunch of draft picks, you know. They got Jack Leiter, they got Kumar Rocker, a couple other guys down in the farm system. And then you start signing those big-name free agents a year or two really before you're ready to contend. Is it 24, 25? What have you kind of uh, assessed uh, here in in a short while time on the Rangers? Well, I I always fall back on the axiom that it's always about pitching. And if you look at their numbers, first of all, uh, amazingly – if you're in a run differential, which is indicative usually of where you are record-wise, especially this deep into the season, Patrick, do you, I don't even know if you know this. They're plus four right now after losing the one-run game last night. So they've scored four more runs, simplified, than they've given up, which have, you know, the Rockies are playing game 125 today. The Rangers come in 56 and 67, so that's 123. They should be right around 500. In fact, yesterday, their expected win total was 62, which would have made them going to the game last night at plus five, 62 and 60. Well, as we know, anytime this time of year that you're above 500 or or right around 500, you, you feel like you're still in the hunt for a wild card at the very least, depending on your division. So they've improved dramatically from last year. I think they're 14 games better right now than they were at the same point last season. I don't even think Chris Young and John Daniels, who's now departed, as you expressed, um, thought that, okay, instantaneously, because we got Simeon and we got Seeger and we got John Gray, that we're going to, you know, Martin Perez comes back, that we're going to be, you know, contenders. They felt that they should be vastly improved. And you know what? If you look inside the numbers, they are vastly improved. They're better uh, on the mound. Their bullpen's been pretty solid. They they have a, a, a far more robust offense than a year ago when they were pathetic offensively. So they've definitely improved. And as some of their, I don't know their farm system exceptionally well, but I have to believe they have some guys coming. They they have 
resources financially maybe to go out and pluck another guy out of free agency. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if a year from now, certainly two years from now, the Rangers are not a team that we look upon as saying, hey, yeah, they're, they're definitely a playoff contender. They're, they're definitely headed in the right direction. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. I, uh, I also uh, enjoyed the, the video package that the Rockies put together for uh, John Gray. Uh, I thought that was nice. That was classy. It's, it's just strange, all the video packages, you know, the last couple seasons with, you know, you think back to that 2017-18 team and, and how all those guys are just scattered all over the place. Even, you know, I think the, the schedule just came out and, and Toronto's going to be coming here. So cue up the Ryan Altapia, you know, appreciation video uh, for next season. But it, it, it again, it, it's really nice. And John was out there sitting by himself watching the video. And, you know, we, we've seen him, you know, get older one year at a time. But then when you flash all the way back to the 16 strikeout performance against the Padres, uh, and just when he looked young and he didn't have the mohawk, so he just had the full mane of red hair, you know, he looked so young. And so I thought, you know, again, real classy touch. Rockies usually do things in a classy way in that capacity. So uh, that was real nice uh, for them to do that for John, for him to see that, feel appreciated. Because uh, I think at times, he, you know, maybe he, he's felt in the past uh, not as appreciated maybe as he should uh, at times. Uh, and, and I thought it was good for the fans to have that moment with him too. I agree. And, and I give the Rockies credit because because maybe some organizations, because they felt like they were going to be able to resign him. They were they were out front about that. They felt like, no, you know, we've had private conversations. John wants to be back. John said that publicly, and they, they thought they were going to be able to get it done. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, John, uh, you know, signed with Texas. Disappointing, disappointing for the Rockies. But, you know, the Rockies have moved on, and they and it wasn't sour grapes. They honored him, you know, coming back and, and – you know, you can quibble with a lot of things the Rockies have done, and, and I certainly understand that. Uh, but they've always been a first-class organization, and I know that from a player standpoint, yeah, there's some players that have gotten sideways, uh, as we know, Nolan Arnato, Troy Tulowitzki. But there's a, a plethora of players. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, Scott Ober. And they treat their players well. They treat their players right. And in the case of some ex-players that have, you know, come back, even ones where you go, boy, this is going to be awkward. Nolan, for instance, right? They did them right. And instead of we're not going to, you know, we're not going to do anything on the video board and we're going to sit in our corner and let him sit in his corner and, you know, we're still pissed off, you know, um, that that's not what they've expressed outwardly when players take the field and there's 35, 40,000 people in the house. Yeah, real real classy move. Uh, Mets series coming up before we, we, we talk about the Metropolitans. You know, that's uh, that's your neck of the woods. That, that's your... Uh, your neck of the woods too, dude. It, it's my neck of the woods. It's it's your cabin. You know, that's that's your treehouse area. What What's, you know, four, four days now too in New York? You know, what's uh, the people behind the curtain a little bit besides, you know, a couple of the local runs you're going on? You know, what what's it like for you? A lot of shaking hands, kissing babies when you go back home. What's that like? Yeah, I, I, I'm not exactly the mayor of this... <laughs> A whole lot of people to claim New York. Um, it's just for me, um, and, and again, I know that's the same way for you. It's it's where I'm from. I take great pride in in being from New York. I take great pride in being from Colorado, also, and living in Colorado. And I wouldn't want to trade. But I, I'll give you an example, um, and I, and I still feel this way now. At my at my wedding, uh, I had one of the songs I requested that I had to play was Billy Joel, uh, I'm in a New York state of mind. 
I, I need my New York fix. I need my, you know, runs in Central Park and just walking without a purpose, you know, walk down to the village, walk wherever and so on. And, um, just walk in the city, feel, feeling the vitality. And quite honestly, even though we'll get in really late tonight with the time difference, it'll be well after midnight. Um, I typically will go walk around for a half hour um, because it is a city that never sleeps and it, it feels good. And um, and it's coupled from a baseball standpoint, Patrick, with a series against a team that's really, really good, as we know, but really interesting. Sometimes teams become robotic and, yeah, they're good and maybe they're not as interesting. But when you throw a Jacob deGrom, as the Rockies are going to see on Thursday, and then a Max Scherzer in a couple of days, when you have, you know, Frankie Lindor, when you have the polar bear, uh, there's a lot of storylines. So from a baseball standpoint, it's going to be really interesting. And, and you know, athletes, uh, they're going to be up, talking about the Rockies, to compete against the Mets. Even though we know the Rockies are playing out the string and guys are, you know, trying to, you know, get their numbers and, and, and you know, improve in, in their craft, et cetera, it, it's a great challenge. And so they're going to be fired up to walk into City Field and take on Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer and Taiwan Walker and, and, and the pitchers trying to get that lineup, uh, you know, with Jeff McNeil and, uh, you know, the guys I mentioned earlier try to try to get them out. So uh, I'm looking forward to all aspects. I'm looking forward to being in the city. Looking forward to taking the seven out to Queens, and I'm certainly looking forward to you know what takes place in the evenings and, and catching up with friends also. Yeah, yeah. Say what you will about the 2022 season, but if the Rockies are going to contend next year, which a lot of guys on the team would would really like for that to be the case, and don't know what's going to happen in the offseason, same could be true of 2024, you're still going to have to go through a lot of those same guys that are on the Mets, either with them being on the Mets or being on other teams. So you can't throw those at-bats away. So that's still, hey, I'm going up against Max Scherzer. This is going to make me a better player if I can really lock in here in this moment. I was talking with Rogers about this the other day. You know, he's had four four hit games, you know, and, and Pujols is a guy who never throws at bats away and talks about, you know, grinding it down. Even when, you know, he's, he's already playing well on that particular game, you still got to go out there and, and lock it in. And, and so Rogers still has a lot to prove and he's still going out there and doing that. And so that's what this Mets series is is going to be for them. Both DeGrom and Scherzer in the series, you, you get them for better or worse, right? Because you go, all right, eh probably looking at two L's there but again you want your guys to go up against that kind of competition and that caliber of player to get better going forward and test their mettle at, at the levels that you and I competed in whatever sport you always want to test yourself and go okay that guy's the best in the area or that guy's the best in our league whatever the case is anybody who's got any sort of competitive juices to them they want to face that guy you know I, I don't know if you want to face Jacob DeGrana Grom 162 times, but you know what? You're going to be, if you're Brendan Rodgers, like you suggest, if you're CJ Crone, Charlie Blackman, yeah, I want to see, I want to get after DeGrom. I want to see what it's like, see, see where I stand right now. And maybe we can somehow find a way to carve out a victory, just like the other day uh, with, with the Yankees. The Yankees, we've been stumbling. They beat Max Scherzer. You know, they, they, did a little bit better than Max Scherzer did that night, as gifted as Max Scherzer is. So, 
yeah, there, there's definitely that. And you also, from an organizational standpoint, you want to you want to take inventory of the guys that are the great competitors, the guys that are like, no, no, we're not just here to show up and make it look good. We want to beat this guy because I want those guys on my side, whatever we're competing in. And that's what the Rockies are trying to do. They're trying to compile guys that are talented, clearly, and guys that are going to compete at an elite level to get them back to the postseason. So it's a measuring stick going to New York, going to Atlanta. It's funny you mentioned before about the Mets being really good and being interesting. It's uh, it's almost the opposite of the Padres right now. They're they're more interesting than they are good right now. Uh, but the uh, up the middle, the Rockies have been really good. Your guy Mark Stout was uh, talking about it the other day at the ballpark. Rogers and Iglesias, I think third most hits uh, for a second base shortstop combination. Uh, we had a chance to see it for a couple days in the Rangers series with Semyon and Corey Seager. And we're going to see it, of course, in New York with Jeff McNeil and Francisco Lindor, who I, I don't like to say he's a dark horse for NL MVP because we know what he's doing. But you got to think, you know, does Goldschmidt and Arenado end up splitting votes a little bit and maybe Lindor uh, gets a... Uh, gets a bump on that and, and takes advantage of that when it comes to, to voting because he, uh, bottom line, has been one of the best players in the National League this year. Yeah, and and you think about how it was last year. You know, a lot of fanfare, you know, Lindor coming from Cleveland and, you know, the great resume. And he got off to a really poor start. And he got booed quite a bit. I mean, New York, as you know, is can be unrelenting. And... You know, he, he came on, he handled it to his credit. And this year, as you suggest, he's been one of the best players in the National League. I, I think everybody's chasing Paul Goldschmidt if you're talking about hardware right now. And, and, I, and I'm sure that Francisco Lindor could care less about the individual award and more about, you know, getting the, getting the Mets another world championship when they haven't had since 1986. He, he's a... He's a clutch guy. He's a two-way player. He he is a a tremendous tremendous talent, and the Met fans are seeing what Cleveland saw for a number of years. All right. So this week's guest on the Drew Goodman podcast, you bring in Piazza, Gooden, Strawberry, Keith Hernandez. Who you got? Well, I'm going to get them all because it's <laughs> Old Timers Day on Saturday. You didn't know that? You're giving me this incredulous look. You did not know that it was Old Timers Day on Saturday? I had known that they were doing this. I saw like a roster and it got me all pumped up because again, the worst players on the, you get to catch up with Benny Agbayani. I think he was on that list of guys. Maybe, I don't think Ty Wigington was listed. Maybe next year. I didn't year. see Ty Wigington. Benny Agbayani is a former Rocky, yeah. as you know, because you know every former Rocky, I think personally. Um, Strawberry's going to be there. I, is Gooden going to be there? You, you may know more. But Saturday is Old Timers Day. Wow. And I say this about certain teams. Whenever we're in St. Louis, like we were just in St. Louis, right? St. Louis can throw an Old Timers Day. St. Louis can throw a parade. St. Louis can, can you know, strut out in those uh, open cars after the Clydesdales come in. And you go, Wow. Wow, wow, because they've been around forever. And I remember back in the day before we lost some of these guys when Red, Red Shane Deans was there and Stan the Man, Musial, and of course Ozzie Smith, who's still with us, and uh, you know Willie McGee, who's still in the dugout with the Cardinals. Well, the Mets have been around for you know 60 years, 
And they can put together an old-timers game. And especially for me, having grown up there, been a Mets fan, even guys like Art Shamsky and Ed Cranepool that don't move the meter nationally. But if you're a Mets fan from way back, you go, yeah, I remember big hits those guys had, and they're all-time Mets. So um, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, for all you Rockies fans out there that couldn't get enough of the bobbleheads that were given out at Coors Field this season. There were three, but you know what? At foco.com, they've got even more, including Rockies City Connect bobbleheads. Head to foco.com, and you can get 10% off when you use code DNVR of all non-presale items. They've also got some great Nuggets bobbleheads, that Nikola Jokic MVP bobblehead. They also have officially licensed Nuggets gear. Same is true for Avs. Broncos, you name it, head over to foco.com and use promo code DNVR for 10% off to make sure that your man cave, your home, your best seat in the house is taken care of with all kinds of wonderful swag from foco.com and make sure your body is taken care of with athletic greens. You know, that's how I start my day the right way. It's just one scoop, put it in my water, cold water. That's actually the trick. Typically, you should be drinking room temperature water. It's better for your system, so it doesn't shock it quite as much with that cold water. But you know what? I treat myself with some cold water first thing in the morning. Treat myself with the athletic greens, that one scoop, which equals 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food, sourced superfoods, probiotics, minerals, adaptogens. It puts me in the black, puts me in the positive rather than something that I need to take after the fact, when I'm not feeling well, by that point, it's usually too late and you never know when you're going to feel better. Stay feeling great all day long because athletic greens is a micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing you can do each and every day to take great care of yourself. Now, right now, athletic greens is making it super easy for y'all out there. You're going to get a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D. You're going to get five free travel packs with your first purchase. And all you need to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash ROC. It's the first three letters of Rockies. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash ROC to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It, it just came to me. I, I downloaded it from the ether, the Old Timers Day roster. Apparently, they they like drafted this. Terry Collins, Willie Randolph. Again, Fun concept for the fans. You'd love to see it. Hurdle against Jim Tracy, you know. It would be, this would be great at Coors Field too. But all the all the typical names you think of from the, the 80s and 90s and 2000s from the Mets, but also a couple former Rockies. Turk Wendell, Daniel Murphy, Jose Reyes, Howard Johnson, an original Rocky, uh, Glendon Rush, and Benny Agbayani, as, as we said. So there's a couple of Rockies guys are going to be there in New York at Old Timers Day. I remember Patrick growing up, and I, I don't recall if I just watched it on TV or if I was fortunate enough to ever be at one of the old timers games. I can't remember, but I remember always being intrigued by it, even though it's a got to be a bad like softball game at this point. But they'd play a couple innings, and there'd always be even. Even as a kid, I recollect like, there's always a couple of guys that have kept themselves in good shape and they're young enough that, you know, they can still swing a baseball bat. I'm trying to remember who it was, Patrick. It wasn't with the Mets. 
there's somebody that was 70 plus, former yes. great player, who hit a home run in an old timers game. I don't know if it was Stan Musial back in the day. There was somebody 70 plus who hit one out. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing a blank. It, it's not Nellie Fox, but it's, I feel like it was somebody. Yeah, it's, it's somebody, it's somebody that's not as old as Nellie Fox. <laughs> yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know what I mean. <laughs> I think it was at Tiger Stadium, maybe. I, I've seen that clip. It, it was just impressive. You're right. Yeah, they, yeah. they keep going. Well, Goose Gossage still has – like, he he probably gets in the low 70s, which is pretty impressive. I, I remember seeing him a lot at the Yankees yeah. old-timer games. He wants He's to good. get guys out. Knowing Goose a little bit, I, he wants to get guys out still. Uh, it, so it's fun. It, it's fun, and I'm glad the Mets still do it. I think I think the Yankees – I know the Yankees still do it because we were there for one of the Yankees ones because George Frazier was still doing the games, and George went out there. He was in uniform. He went out there. Yogi was still with us. He's in the dugout. Um, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. Whitey Ford was still with us. So the Rockies played in the Bronx on a, on a Yankees old-timer game. That's pretty neat. I only went to uh, one of those at Yankee Stadium, and I was most excited to see Kevin Maz. That was the guy. I think he came up in like 87. That was like my guy. Can I interject something? This is why you're great at what you're doing. Because most people are going to gravitate to the big names and you gravitate to Kevin Moss, who had a nice career. Nothing against Kevin Moss. So for you, on Saturday, if you were in New York, you'd be like, I got to go see Ed Cranepool. As opposed to Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry and, and Mike Piazza and all these other legendary names, you want to see Crane Pool. I'm, I'm disappointed. Melvin Mora, also former Rocky, yeah. not going to be there. Timo Perez, not going to be there. Indy Chavez, though, will be. I mean, again, not not a Mets guy, but you got to appreciate, you know, that that big catch was that in 07, 2007. Yeah. So like, those are guys that are on the always on the highlight reel. Can I tell you, you know, Tom Seaver was my guy, but my favorite position player growing up. And he made one of the great catches in World Series history. And he had some pop when he first, you know, got there. And then he got in our business. He was a sportscaster for a long time in New Orleans. So I'm bringing this guy up to ask you, because you've now scoured the list, is Ron Swoboda going to be there? So he's, I didn't see his name on the list of guys who are playing. Because there, there's the game and then there are other people that are actually going to be there and come back. 92-year-old Frank Howard reportedly is going to be not playing in the game but he's right. going to be there that's and, that's and neat. why not and why big frank's not going to play at 92 so he his he played at 6 7 and so even you know with you know the things that happened to the human body still about, probably 6 4 6 5 right i would think <laughs> and, and frank howard hit a ball they, they used to keep the seat they still have it because rfk is there at rfk stadium to dead center field and i'm telling you patrick we watch BP, and I would say every time when the when the Nationals first were playing at, at RFK, there's no friggin' way in the world somebody hit a ball to where Frank Howard supposedly hit a baseball in a game to dead center field. There's just no way. You could take out like a driver and go, man, I don't think I can get it there. I mean, guys are that size now. Like, we, there's it's not common to be six six, but you see so many more of them. He he was the Aaron Judge of of his time, which. Yeah. Great compliment. I mean, Frank Howard was a was a very good ball player. I don't I don't hear his. He's definitely in the. He's on the uh, uh, list of players in the Hall of Very Good, 
But I don't know if he's on the cusp of a Hall of Famer, but somebody to go back, check out his career, because he's a little bit underappreciated, I think. He is. Frank Harris was a really good player and, and then became a manager. And it's so funny you used that term because my older sister's in town with her husband, and um, she went to – she didn't want to go to the game, but they went to a bar and had a couple beers and watched the game. And they live in New York, so they don't – you know, see the the Rockies regularly or whatever, and and she said, I remember Charlie Blackman. She, they're not big baseball fans, but she said, I remember Charlie Blackman. He's he's really good, right? She goes, Is he a Hall of Famer? And I said, No, Charlie's going to fall into the, he had his had, he's going to have a great career, but he's going to fall into the Hall of Very Good. And then you bring it up today, yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong as we've talked about, Patrick, you and I many times. There's nothing wrong with being in the Hall of Very Very Good. It's true. He uh, he had a couple of hits on, on Tuesday night and just made me think it was just the lull in the crowd of like, it's not going to be too many more of these. You know, he's got his player option next year. And it just it made me think back to, to Helton's final season in 2013 and and uh, getting to watch him play one final time there against the Red Sox and go, man, before for not too long. You know, it's whether it's one year or two or whatever, man, it, his his time's coming too. it's it's uh it's cra- just crazy to think about. Sad in, in a way, but beautiful. One of the many, many, let me throw one more many in there, great lines from now the late Vin Scully. And I'm paraphrasing. I should look it up to be accurate. But his line was, you know, it's mere, it's a, it's a mere moment between an all-star game and an old-timers game for a mm-hmm. player, right? So here's Charlie Blackman. I remember him getting hurt when he slid into third for, you know, triple first hit in Atlanta, his hometown, and and he was clean-shaven, and now he'd been watching him with the beard, all-star games, you know, great moments, walk-off homers, you know, trudging around. He, and, and Charlie's going to be back next year, and Charlie's put together a really nice year, bounce-back year, in fact, but... But you know he's he's closer to the end certainly than the beginning, and it would it, you just reminded me of that great Vin Scully line that you know, it's, you know how quickly it goes. So we have an old timers game with the Mets, and I remember when Doc Gooden was a teenager striking everybody out. You know now he's playing in an old timers game, and I bet you Doc Gooden goes, "Man, where'd the time go?" Ah. I hope Doc gets the pitch maybe in that game. He's on the same team as Bartolo Colon, who he might he might go all three innings. He might he might just shut it down in a perfect game fashion. Bart may be thinking this is like a tryout, <laughs> not an old timers game. But wait, wait, who are these old guys? I'm try, I thought I'm throwing a bullpen here trying to get signed again. Could be, could be. Uh, when Bernard was your guest last week, and man, what he's he's in the the Hall of Very Good good guests right now and the hall of fame just stories for you know for this franchise and just a great person and it, it uh the requests just have not stopped the more you know the word gets out the more people want to hear about him and 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 know his story and uh you did a great job talking with him and he, it's you can't get enough of of what this young man has gone through and in, in 10, 11 years in the minor leagues, trying to get to the big show and doing some good things uh, right now at the big leagues hitting over 300. He brings energy every night. I've said it on the air a couple times. And 
there's something about what he's doing and I respect the heck out of the fact that he didn't just say, boy, I, I got here and let the shoulders relax. I'm going to play my game. And you've seen it. He got caught stealing last night, but his first three uh, attempts were not only successful, but clearly successful, if that makes sense. I mean, and, and he didn't wait around, you know, five, six pitches like, you know, I have a read on this guy. I know what the times are. And he took off early in counts. He's been the most aggressive base stealer on a team that obviously doesn't steal a lot of bases. But that's been refreshing. He's playing his game, and he's brought a palpable energy to this team every day. And three hits last night. And, and I don't think that there's any, uh, you know, that, that it's – something outlandish to suggest that his effect on the team over the last whatever it's been 10 11 days and i think the rockies are you know 500 a little bit better than maybe a game over 500 since he arrived i don't think that's um i think he you can attribute you know not all of it clearly but you can attribute some of it to what he's been doing yeah, that, that, that's going to be one of the benefits in, in September of, of some guys getting called up. Not the full 40-man roster that we're used to seeing, but Buddy did say, you know, we might see some new faces here um, in, in the locker room and in the lineup going forward. You know, we saw that last year with Ryan Feltner getting called up before, you know, they needed to protect him uh, eventually anyway. But they say, you know what, let's get him a couple starts, get his feet wet. We could possibly see that. You know, could be a Raleigh Pint, maybe Carl Kaufman, Michael Tolia, Ezekiel Tovar if he's healthy. Uh, it does get you excited for the future of the franchise, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, how the roster continues to, to change shape a little bit in September. You, some of the, some of these guys, I, I get excited about Tovar, as I think all Rockies fans most notably, because he has a chance to be the shortstop next year. I think in a perfect world, they want him to be the shortstop next year. And the Rockies need him to be, you know, let him come in his own time, but he's still a kid. But they need him to be good and impactful. And that can answer a question. And that's not a knock on what they've had at shortstop this year because the season that Jose Iglesias put together has been pretty special. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then, yeah, if, if O'Reilly Pine gets here what's it look like can he throw strikes at the big league level uh, you know can he be a piece in the bullpen going forward yeah yeah i'm with you yeah that'll be interesting to see uh good have you been uh, saving up enough money to uh put a bid in on the los angeles angels uh, have you considered this at all i can't speak publicly about <laughs> the group i'm involved with oh it's a group well i didn't want to expose my fortune <laughs> solely to this endeavor i just thought it would be prudent to have some partners shall i say uh, and i think i'd prefer to be more of a minority investor in the angels and hopefully be able to still keep my gig you know here certainly yeah yeah how much how much what percentage do you think I'll get from my minority investment? So the question is, yeah, how many zeros after the or before the decimal point, I oh. guess, ultimately? Well, I was going to say, I'm going to put a lot of zeros in there, but I have the right to move the decimal point yes. where it needs to be. That's it. Right. The, 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 the percentage is going to end in TH. Do, do the other people you think that are bidding my competition, do they have mortgages or do they not worry about such things? 
that that's beyond my pay grade. I don't know two two point two billion. I think is that the Forbes estimated value. I think it, I think it could end up being more than that from what I'm hearing. Yeah, you know, in all seriousness, Patrick, that one caught me by surprise uh, because Artie Marino is uh, you know has been an active owner not only in signing guys to big contracts, Mike Trapp most obviously, but winning the sweepstakes for Shohei Otani. And there have been other guys, Anthony Rendon and Justin Upton, and, and they just can't win. You know, Noah Syndergaard, he's been real active. And I don't know if he's just throwing his hands up in the air and going, uh, I'm done. Well, clearly that is what he what he's saying. I don't know if he... What I can't walk, neither can you. We can't walk in the shoes of people who are uber wealthy like that. And they go, oh, he's going to get $2.2 billion. Well, I have to believe that Artie Marino can basically afford anything he wants right now anyhow. So if he gets $2.2 billion, what does he buy, a different yacht than he has? Or, you know, uh, an 18th fleet of fancy cars? I mean, I don't know what the guy's into, but... So I don't know what motivates. Maybe he just doesn't want the headache anymore. But that one caught me by surprise. And that is a franchise, all these things, wherever they are going to you know, draw great interest from that select group that can afford to, to buy a professional sports team in a major league. And one situated a few minutes from Newport in Orange County. I mean, yeah, that's going to be pricey. And then the first order of business is how do we keep Shohei Otani? Or maybe they go in. It's kind of interesting because Washington's for sale, right? Washington, before their sale, said, okay, we have this generational talent, and they couldn't re-sign him, and they, and they sent him. So I'm at Juan Soto. They sent him for a bunch of uh, prospects. Do the Angels and Artie Marino want to sign or, or, or sell the team and say, hey, okay, you make the decision on Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. And maybe you make the decision on Mike Trout. Um, not that, you know, Mike Trout's signed forever. But um, that that one, as I said, that was, um, you know, from afar. I don't know Artie Marino and I don't know what's going on with the Angels. But I think, I think it caught a lot of people in baseball by surprise. Yeah, no, it, it, it definitely did me as well. And uh, that'll be interesting. Uh, to deal with all off season long, we should have a winter meetings this year, so there'll be uh, plenty more rumors and, and buzz going around. I think San Diego is is uh, where it's ticketed for, so could finally like have our first normal off season since 2018, 2019. Yeah, It'd be good. I think the last winter meetings, since I you know I see you there, and I've been I've been going regularly for the last few years. I think the last one was in San Diego, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that'll be good. San Diego's never a bad time. No. Yeah. No, it's not. Good. All right. At Drew Goodman 42, Drew Goodman Podcast, each and every Thursday morning. If you're listening to this right now, it's already out and available. Make sure you go ahead and listen to that. And a really good conversation with Carlos Estevez. Love Carlos Estevez. And I, and I said in the podcast, Patrick, a lot of people don't get to know relievers, especially unless they're closers. But even most of the times, those guys are not – they're not – guys that are always interviewed right and Carlos Estevez big personality wonderful guy super bright guy fun guy people are going to enjoy getting to know Carlos Estevez better yeah we we talked about it briefly last week that's a good point about relievers I think that's probably why I like talking to them the most because most people usually aren't talking to them so I'm like all right I'll, I'll talk to the wallflower but yeah Carlos not a wallflower he's outgoing amazing guy and and you're right like 
I know that you know that about his personality, but I'm not sure how many other people you know do. He doesn't get that many opportunities. He's not having a walk off hit where he's downstairs uh, talking with Spilly, whatever it may be. So this is actually going to be a really good one that I'm 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 very excited for. I appreciate it. No, he he's he's a good dude, and I, and people will come away with a smile on their face, listen to the, the podcast, and they'll go, "Well, I always liked Carlos, but now I'm a big fan of Carlos because he's been here a while, man. In terms of tenure." Only Charlie's been here longer. Obviously, Chassin was here and has come back. But, you know, Carlos Steva has been down in that bullpen uh, conducting business for a long time now. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's got his seat in the bullpen. No one's allowed to sit in it. That's his spot since 2016. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies. At Patrick D. Lyons is where I'm at. Also follow at the Susie Hunter. A lot of momentum. Good. Appreciate it. But you know what they truly say about momentum? It's only as good as your next show. So make sure you're tuning in tomorrow. Special Susie show. She's going to have some fun guests on talking with you there.